Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day, beautiful podcast family. What a privilege and honor to be with you again. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. We have a tremendous episode today. We have Sasha Stone on, and we are talking about shifting from planetary slavery and injustice to human sovereignty and peace for all. This is a very deep episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. We're going to talk about uh, Sasha's background, Humanitad Project, the New Earth Nation, International Tribunal for Natural Justice, understanding the rule of law versus legislative law. We talk about the straw man, the lineage of kings and queens, the influence of Wall Street, the Bavarian Illuminati, Luciferian agendas, the Council of Nicaea, defining real versus fictitious and modern genocides, and so much more. This is a very deep episode. Um, If you like it, please share it. Take a screenshot. Share on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever. It really helps. Leaving a review on iTunes helps as well. If you want to toss a buck in the bucket on Patreon, go Go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. That helps tremendously as well. And I want to thank Megan Cordero. Thank you so much for tossing a buck in the bucket. It helps tremendously and it's very appreciated. Uh, But the best thing that you can do is one kind act today in your community, wherever you are. Just do one nice thing for another human being today. You can let someone in in traffic, uh, reach out to somebody that you like. You can give somebody a compliment. Just uh, talk to a friend that you haven't talked to in a while. Anything good. That's the best way you can... uh, Uh, support the show. Uh, For those of you guys who are interested in coaching and you want to explore that and you're really looking to uncover your life purpose and connect more with a mission, uh, you want to break through limiting beliefs and program and design your preferred reality mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, and you want to learn the tools, systems, and strategies of the world's elite performers, entrepreneurs, athletes, and basically people who have achieved massive success and meaning, hit me up, Matt at ZenAth athlete.com or fill out the coaching form mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and if you want some training for your organization for your staff for your employees you want to do a day anything like that you can also make the inquiry over there and we will design something specifically for you on mindset leadership flow peak performance and all of those kinds of things i also want to thank my sponsor ned Full Spectrum Hemp. They are fantastic. They were episode 272 of the podcast. You can hear the boys um, chatting about uh, their company and how it was founded. Uh, Rhett and Adrian are just amazing people. The the podcast is fantastic. Their origin story is fantastic. They make Full Spectrum Hemp. It's premium small batch products. They're crafted with superior quality and Full transparency. You can even go to the farm. They give you the address. Um, So if you want to learn more about uh, hemp and CBD and all of that kind of thing, you can check out our podcast, 272. Um, There's a lot of information out there about the power of hemp. You can check that out. And if you want to uh, support them, go over to helloned.com and use the code CBDPOWER, and you will get a 15% off coupon for your first order. Um, And they were also quick to say, because I didn't... I was learning a lot more on hemp on the show is that they're a full spectrum hemp, which is which is more than CBD. CBD is in there, um, but it's actually much more beneficial if it's a full spectrum CBD, which apparently a lot more people know, um, and and I didn't. So you're going to learn about that. But I want to thank them so much for supporting the show, for coming on the podcast, for um, doing business the right way, what I would refer to as conscious business. So I support them, and I'm, a, I'm appreciative and grateful that they are supporting me. So that wraps it up. I think we can get into today's episode. Um, But before we do, let's come into a state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And just let it out slowly, filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, inspiration, empowerment, and ready to take on this incredible episode with Sasha Stone. 
Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a publisher, writer, speaker, and filmmaker whose mission is to dynamically assist the emergence of all free and sovereign people of the world from a legacy of bonded slavery. He established Humanitad in 1999, is engaged with both the NGO and IGO playing fields, and is an outspoken advocate for human rights and natural justice. He has instigated peace initiatives and education programs and has lobbied against human rights abuses in different parts of the globe. He founded the New Earth Project and New Earth Nation, the world's most fully integrated movement for sustainable, sovereign, and self-determining communities. He is also the founder of the International Tribunal for Natural Justice, Welcome to the show, Sasha Stone. Oh, Matthew, thank you. What a delightful welcome. <laughs> Man, it's, it's great to see you again. And like I said at the beginning, before we started, uh, I have a deep, deep level of respect and admiration for who you are, for your work, and uh, tireless work. When we got to know each other in the, the founding and creation of the International Tribunal of Natural Justice, which I invite everybody to check out. It's terrible, it's dark, but it does need to be something needs to be done about it. And, uh, you know, you worked so hard. You were up at 3 a.m. You were on all the calls. You, you, you just are an incredible force. You, you put in the work. So just tons of love and respect to you, man, for actually doing an, an incredible amount of work. So I wanted to acknowledge you uh, right away, but also just wanted to give you a chance too to share with the audience just a little bit about yourself and your background, and we'll dive into uh, any of the incredible projects that you are working on right now. Yeah, thanks, Matthew, very much for those kind words again. Yeah, my background is a pissed-off human being, uh, one, one, one born into a matrix, uh, and, and I woke up, I think, fairly young uh, to the fact that uh, pretty much everything in the reality, the hologram was mutant, uh, mutated, aberrant, discordant, uh, entropic, um, illicit, and um, it, it took enough years of of sitting and stewing inside that cauldron for me as a as a war uh, war baby, a war child in Africa, and then a uh, effectively a refugee for almost ten years in Europe, and then uh, an angry rock and roll musician and um, a shock poet uh, for some time in in my misspent youth, and then evolving into um, becoming somebody who was more proactively involved in, in citizen diplomacy and then investigating um, how fucked up the world is and why that metric um, exists. And then to begin the divination process of identifying that I am the one who must embody uh, the change and then manifest whatever change I desire. And that, in, in my, uh, to my middle age, has led me to understand enough about, um, let's say, the quantum entanglement of reality sufficiently to realize that, indeed, I am that capacitor for change so long as I know it, so long as I step into that flame and empower myself as the alpha and the omega of my reality hologram. This doesn't apply to anyone outside of self necessarily, although what I've learned over the years is that where one does embody pure truth and right action, then necessarily there is a flow, a fractal flow of influence. Um, I, I, I think it works on the prem premise of inspiring change in those around us. And once we, um, as actualized human beings, owning the hologram that we're born into, uh, owning the circumstance that we find ourselves in, stepping up and standing in that flame, we become the determiner of the next octave of expression. And that to me is all about sovereignty, the language of, of beginning to do the hard math. I am born to this continuum, to this space-time coordinate for a perfect reason. The geometry of now is absolute. It is my curse and my blessing at any stage in the process. But once I recognize 
that I can affect the outcome by being fully present, fully actualized, not blaming my mom and my dad, not blaming my childhood, not blaming my culture or my religious uh, persuasion, not blaming the economy or the Babylonian priests or blaming anything or anyone outside of self. Then one really begins to understand the true metric of sovereignty. And with it comes tremendous empowerment. And that empowerment brings life force streaming into who you are, what you be in the now. And then you find that you have the capacity to creatively expand and to affirm and to embody and to manifest everything that you desire, provided that which you desire is in service to the greater uh, reality field and not just pursuing one's own appetites or one's own dream. That's part of the evolutionary process. But when you step into service to others over service to self, in a sense that becomes the highest octave of service to self. And it's a beautiful dichotomy. But that certainly is what I've identified as being the pathless path um, that I am inhabiting. And I'm, I'm happily engaged in exploring the dimensions of that. And I'm seeing how uh, when one is standing in that space and remaining motionless in that living principle, that you can find the creative imagination, the power, and the capacity to manifest as well people, situations, circumstances, relationships around you that are necessary to manifest that dream into manifestation. Um, that's the game I'm playing right now in this beautiful hologram. Holy smokes, man. Well, you, you shared a lot there and you are doing, you have a lot of projects on the go. Maybe you can speak briefly about um, Humanitad, the Inter International Tribunal for Natural Justice, uh, their functions, and also the New Earth Project, New Earth Nation. Um, maybe share a little bit about those, but I want to kind of dive into a, a really deep question because um, what I admire about you is when I was doing my research when I was about 15 and that my first question was, I couldn't understand why we had war. That didn't make any sense. If we're supposed to be a grown up species, why are all the adults, you know, killing each other in the masses? Why are people starving to death? It didn't make sense to me. And then you go down rabbit holes and you know, there's a lot of crap out there, but there's a lot of stuff that makes sense. If you follow economics and history and things start weaving and then you're like, Oh wow, we really aren't in a free world as you might think where, you know, there are things out there literally trying to kill us. There's, there's human rights violations all over the place and it's dark. And I ended up staying in a depression for quite a while. And it's like the, the problem can seem so big. You don't know what to do about it, but you've actually done something about it. And you've, you've created change and movement in a lot of spaces that uh, a lot of people are too afraid to even look at or dive into or, or try to make an impact. So um, I just wanted to have you just share a little bit about those projects and their functions. Sure. Well, in, in a, in to be very simplistic about it, the, the three primary uh, organizations that um, I've engendered, let's say, with a lot of very good and noble uh, friends and colleagues and creatives um, are a Humanitad Foundation, which conducts the diplomatic and uh, let's say the political diplomatic uh, work um, is contained through that. And some of the commercial um, uh, objectives as well are processed through Humanitad. It's, it, it's, not, it's not a profit uh, it's a non-profit organization, but it certainly helps in the stewardship and incubation of certain commercial objectives. Um, the second uh, initi initiative or organization was New Earth Trust, New Earth Project, New Earth Nation, all part of the same uh, bundle, a universal trust uh, set up in order to um, research, develop, identify, explore the templates or the blueprints of a perfected um, social, economic, and socio-political um, uh, remit uh, as it relates to um, the betterment of people and planet. And the New Earth Project is an ongoing uh, process of um, stumbling, falling down, picking ourselves up, learning, investigating, and establishing templates, and doing so without asking permission of so-called authorities. And this is the key thing. So the New Earth Project 
it really defines a reality, the surfing of a reality hologram, which is not indentured to the fiction of an authority, a government, a municipal or federal authority, a police state, a, a corporation masquerading as a government. All of that shit, all of that masquerading um, nonsense, fictitious, entropic nonsense is clearly defined by the New Earth project as being antithetical to the living men and women of the living soil. So I identify the living man and the living woman, the living child of the living soil um, and the creatures of the earth um, as being the real. So the relationships that exist between humans and humans and humans and uh, uh, nature and, and that's real stuff. That's the stuff that the New Earth metric, the New Earth blueprint embraces that um, and rejects the fictitious and then looks to develop and inspire the developmental processes of conscious community development, whatever that may be, however that might express itself from Alaska to, to Johannesburg. Very, very different uh, gene expressions going on around the world, very different cultural persuasions, very, very different ecclesiastical and religious um, uh, uh, equations going on. So the new earth speaks to the living versus the fictitious and the dead, and it becomes whatever we choose it to become. But we have to engage that space as though we're walking into a living flame, a living principle. And it's not governed by rules and codices. Um, it's an ongoing experiment, um, exploring the process of the, the emancipation of humankind. And it, it, it's become a discrete, self-identifiable movement or organization. It has within it the New Earth University, which acts as something of a brain trust, many faculties within that university which are exploring uh, different sectors, different areas. Um, and then it's got New Earth Media and, and, and various other components, the New Earth Community Portal and so on. Um, so it is what it is and it is, it becomes what it becomes. It doesn't have a clear objective other than the living ridding themselves of the, of the illicit, immoral, unethical and unlawful interference by systems and by bureaucracies and technocracies. I, I hope that's not too ambiguous. So that describes the New Earth metric, the third and organization. The third um, uh, uh, leg to the stool that I have engendered you know, with my friends and colleagues is the International Tribunal for Natural Justice. And that came about because it became clear, crystal clear to us, as we were developing a New Earth metric and an immersive um, uh, playing field, it started to become crystal clear that you're not going to be able to define that um, living principle that stands outside of the imposed jurisdiction of systems and governments and so-called authorities. You're not going to be able to define that until or unless you have a jurisdiction that you've established based on law and the rule of law, real law, not statutory bullshit dreamt up by technocrats and mandarins in, in corporation governments. No, on real law. And real law finds its source code in that which is natural, natural law. Um, Solomon's uh, law, if you really go back into the mystical tradition of law and lawfulness. But the International Tribunal for Natural Justice became an exigency, became a necessity for us to found and to establish with a bona fide um, uh, de facto and de jure uh, uh, um, jurisdiction. And so we established that. I led that process in 2015. And we had a lot of hiccups, uh, hit a lot of obstacles, came under a lot of scrutiny, a lot of unfair, frankly disgusting attack by some of the more pernicious elements that were even part of our team at the beginning who did their level best to destroy and derail the integrity of what we'd set up. That kind of thing happens. When you create a beautiful space, creepy crawlies come in onto that space. And indeed they should, indeed they must. But one way or the other, the rotten fruit falls off the tree and what is left standing, if it can sustain that uh, uh, egregious onslaught, what remains is that which is real, that which is anchored in pure truth and right action. And so what we see now 
in 2019 is an international tribunal for natural justice that very successfully launched last year in May the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into Human Trafficking and Child Sex Abuse in Westminster, London, an inquiry which is still ongoing but reaching its closure now, thankfully. We have interviewed um, multiple witnesses, expert witnesses, survivors, received testimonies, affidavits of truth and court records and filings from multiple people in multiple uh, countries around the world, all um, stacking up the clear evidences that human trafficking and pedophilia are indeed the Achilles heel of the deep state, the so-called deep state, that the nefarious priesthood that had been governing uh, our plane of existence uh, for at least 500 years since the papal bulls of discovery, which I won't go into right now unless you want me to, but certainly going back since uh, 328 AD and the Council of Nicaea um, weaponizing the Christian faith, um, which happened at that time. The weaponization of all religions and cultures essentially by that same Sabbatean uh, cabal, which has snaked its way throughout the planet, throughout all cultures and religious persuasions, and is trying now in the 21st century to consolidate humanity and the planet into a new world order, um, an artificial, an artificialized reality hologram, which can be vicariously lived through by the temporal agents of egregores and uh, uh, lower astral intelligences. Let's leave it at that. Point being, the International Tribunal for Justice needed to establish as a temporal agency and circumscribe quite clearly in the physical uh, landscape that this is a jurisdiction, a bona fide jurisdiction, which will make a clear distinction between statutory bullshit and real law, rule of law. And curiously enough, when you use the rule of law to its truest extent, you will fall back into the default. I'll give you an example. Taxes being paid in the United States of America. Um, I'm a fan of uh, the Trump administration and what it's doing. I've made no qualms about that. I'm a huge fan of what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now, possibly because I know a great deal more than most people do, because I'm informed by military and intelligence agencies uh, on such matters. But the point being that paying taxes is illicit, illegal, immoral, unethical, shouldn't be happening at all. Personal income tax should not be paid. It is a crime against self. It's defrauding oneself. It is playing into the fiction of oneself, into the straw man, and it's, it's vastly inflating a draconian system which only seeks to empower itself and devour humanity in the process. So corporations, governments, the institutions um, that, uh, uh, that intertwine the two are part of the great behemoth that is devouring humanity and bringing about the destructivity of the earth. Fact. And we are the ones playing into it by paying taxes. Now, if you really follow the rule of law, if you care about such things, if any law lord or any uh, uh, judge or any attorney watching this uh, interview may scoff initially at a long-haired uh, shock poet telling people to stop paying taxes, except for the fact that we have a goddamn jurisdiction here that absolutely defines the lawlessness and the illegality of paying taxes. So it is actually illegal for American citizens to pay their taxes under your true laws, the constitutional laws and so on. I mean, even recently, I believe that um, uh, it, was, it was declared uh, by one of the highest authorities in the United States that paying income tax is in fact voluntary. Well, that's a fact. You should pay merchant taxes, business taxes, but you shouldn't pay personal income tax. If you do, you are the one offering yourself up for sacrifice. You are the one engaging the contract with the devil, in a sense, and allowing your life to be defiled, your human spirit to be undignified, and allowing for the proliferation of three things, war, disease, and poverty. The three things we're all desperately seeking to get away from. So go figure. It has been necessary to establish a new international tribunal for natural justice, which begins to circumscribe real law and the use and misuse of law. And that's what we've been doing. 
the Commission of Inquiry into Trafficking and Child Sex Abuse has absolutely had a palpable, visceral effect on opening up the can of worms, throwing the Vatican on the back foot, helping to fast track the Epstein closure, which is only just beginning in point of fact, because with Epstein going down, goes the Clintons and the rest of them. They're all following as a direct result of this. You can be quite certain of that. So that was a very needful and necessary function for someone, somewhere, somehow, to bring about a judicial commission of inquiry into the darkest narrative underpinning our civilization. And we did it. We've now just moved on in the last month. Last month, we seated the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into weaponization of the biosphere in Asia. Hugely successful. A seven-day event festival, a three-day World Health Sovereignty Summit, a two-day special seating of the International Tribunal to launch the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into weaponization of the biosphere. We took expert testimonies from Joseph McCullough, Del Bigtree, um, uh, 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 um, uh, Edward G. G. Edward Griffin, uh, Jim Humble, some of the greatest pioneers uh, in the world today in health sovereignty people who understand the pure science of genocide and ecocide as it's being perpetrated by our corporation governments, unwittingly in some cases in collusion with the global uh, franchise, the parent corporation, the agrochemical industries, the pharmaceutical industries, propped up by a mutant goddamn and godless multi uh, media uh, apparatus and financed, of course, through a uh, goddamned and godless central banking apparatus which has indentured every government through the central banks and every citizen in every nation to those central banks and to future debt. And so it goes on. Point is, we've drawn the line in the sand on human trafficking and child sex abuse. We're drawing the line in the sand right now on ecocide and genocide. And uh, I'll, I'll be presenting more of that uh, at the event next month. Yeah, well, you said a whole lot there. And I was able to follow along because I've done a lot of research and I have fortunately connections with people like you and, and I kind of know where to look and, and find information because it can get pretty crazy. And what else, I'll share kind of how I view it and you can correct a few things here and there. Sure. But in doing research, what I one of my first discoveries was, okay, uh, some of these institutions in the world is not out for my benefit. They're actually trying to kill me. When I say they, I didn't know who they was. And then you look at, I, I kind of say like old kings and queens or, or groups of people that are working harmoniously together, but why are they doing destructive stuff? It didn't make any sense. And I just couldn't understand why people were, were that awful, why we're, we're being enslaved. And so, you know, when I was going further down the line, I did law and security and I find out like my birth certificate's a shipping container receipt for a maritime sea law. And that's when you're talking about, you know, playing into the fictitious game. Me as a natural human, like a crow or a bear, all of a sudden I'm into this system that's been created specifically on purpose by groups of people. And it is having massive effect on, on millions of people around the world. And then you can go into any other rabbit hole you want, but you could just take the Native Americans, for example. Luckily, I you know have a good relationship for a few. If you just imagine living on the land, right? And then they're saying, oh, now here are these borders. Now you need this. But we're accepting that. Like, that's a normal thing. But it's not a normal thing. And it wasn't for them either. But we were able to just take all of their stuff through divide and conquer and so forth. Do you want to jump in? Yeah, well, I'm, I, there's two, two main things you've spoken about. One is cross-border immigration and the hemorrhaging and the, Ill, the illegitimacy of borders, any kind of border, versus why are we imposing those borders today? That's connected to what's going on right now to stem the generational trafficking of, of, of people, of gold, of guns, of drugs um, uh, across the borders. So it's a very needful and necessary uh, process right now, in my view, to be establishing those borders and to be ensuring that you stem the flow of the hemorrhaging that has been engendered by the cultural Marxists, the Fabianists, the Obama, Clinton, Bush legacy has been all about degrading the fabric of the United States, degrading the culture of Christianity and of real Judaism and of all uh, faiths in, in, in truth. So the cultural Marxism, the collectivism agenda that has been promulgated by the George Soros's, the Brzezinski's, the Kissinger's, and their proxies and agents, and, and, and even their paymasters, 
the, the, the lineages we'll go into in, in a little while. That's one thing. So there is a very necessary and needful um, constriction going on in North America in terms of containing that illicit flow across the borders. And I believe it's an intelligent thing to do. Putin did the same thing some years ago. He also exiled the Berezovskis and the Kordakovskis and the Abramoviches of this world, uh, the, the oligarchs who had been bleeding Russia dry. He exiled them. And those were his paymasters. Those were his uh, uh, Israeli Secret Service paymasters, his Zionist Mossad uh, paymasters. But Putin was smart enough to cut it off at the pass, get rid of them, jump on the horse himself, take full control of it. The liberal intellectuals in Russia have hated him for 15 years because he docked all of their privileges and benefits whilst he was trying to restore the integrity of the good people of Russia, the real people of Russia, who never had a passport and could fly to Monte Carlo or put their kids through school in, uh, in, in, in Philadelphia. So the point is good leadership at a given point may need to jump on that horse and rein it in, pull it in. It looks like constriction but it's not. It's a necessary uh, intermediate function. And at the appropriate time, you release the reins, you let the horse jump over the jumps and run free. And I absolutely categorically believe that that is what is happening with Russia today. I'm watching very closely. And I believe the same thing with the Trump administration. Why? I'm watching every executive presidential order that is signed for the last three years. And I am staggered by the, the flow, the, the, the integrity the continuity of flow of the actual orders that are being signed. Some things he's doing are pretty shitty and I don't agree with, but I understand it's a bit of give and take. I've been doing my own uh, diplomacy for 21 years now. I know what it's like when you're at the table. You can't just free everything with one stroke of the pen. And to believe that any head of state can do that is, is idiotic. It is a process that you've got to go through. So that addresses uh, that particular uh, business about borders. Have we satisfied that, that question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want to continue? Yeah. No, no, no. That, I, I just wanted to make that point because I am myself a liberal intellectual. Uh, at least I like to think I am. And I, I appreciate the narrative, the dialogue, the conversations at dinner tables with liberal intellectuals. But on the east and west coast of the United States, there is such an unbelievable dissonance going on. It is so out of phase with the actual pulse of middle America which to me is the real pulse. And the real pulse of middle America is aware of the fact that tremendous shift, tremendous disclosure, tremendous exposure is underway right now. And the revelations, we're, we're shedding the evil, we're shedding the deep state, we're shedding that swamp uh, that Trump promised when he came in. All of that stuff is happening quite palpably in front of us. Why people on the East and West Coast aren't thrilled by that, I, I don't fully understand. I've heard the arguments, but I know that they're very shallow arguments and that they're not studied arguments. They're simply repeating Rachel Maddow or, or one of these other pundits on the popular, highly weaponized news media. Yeah, holy smokes. Well, you said a lot there. And what I want to do is kind of jump around for a few different levels because some people may be very educated. There are some great shows and podcasts out there that go through this and documentaries that you can look at and then you start sizing them up with other you know, researchable, findable things. And, and then you're like, holy crap. Um, I found when I started, this was too dark a subject for me to uh, talk to my friends with. They just didn't want to go there. And so they wanted to stay at the level where they understood things, you know, like this is how I understand it. If you grow up in say a religious background or um, whatever your viewpoint of the world is, it doesn't matter, but religion is very strong in the way that you see the world. And so if you find new information that breaks that, it's, it's a little bit hard to stomach. So people don't go up to the military industrial complex or things like that. And it's like, could this thing really be ha happening? And they will throw out the word conspiracy theorists and things like that. But what I wanted to ask, and, and I want to share a little bit more too, but um, can you give a little bit of an overview in a simple way, you know, cause I know you could go really deep into it and like how you view the world working. Like, how do you see the world working in its levels? What's, what's kind of happening on the planet? And um, what do you think an individual or collectively we can do for peace and sovereignty oh, right good. now? Let me just first address the second uh, uh, main um, uh, point that I wanted to draw a little earlier. One was dealing with borders and the hemorrhaging of borders and the need to restrain them. The other thing was to speak about 
to answer to what you mentioned earlier about the the old kings and queens and and those um, uh, noble lineages that are have been behind all the evil shit that we are now revealing. That is to some extent true, Matthew. But there is there is a caveat here, and the caveat actually flips that argument largely on its head. The good kings of old were infiltrated and overthrown in the main. The good priestly lines and Templar lines were infiltrated, overthrown. Okay? The Sabbateans, the saboteurs, the Lurian Kabbalistic Sabbatean Luciferians infiltrated the kingly lines, the priestly lines. Weishaupt was involved. Shabbatai Tzvi was involved. Joseph Frank was involved. The Rothschilds and the other proxies have been involved in the last century. The Rockefellers, the Morgans, the DuPonts, all of these families have been the proxies and agents of those, uh, their own paymasters. There, there has been a systemic overthrow of the good lines, the good kingly lines. The Romanov dynasty being overthrown by the Bolshevik revolution just over a century ago, financed through Wall Street. Karl Marx, son of a bitch. Lenin, son of a bitch. Stalin, son of a bitch. Okay, all of that stuff financed through, through Wall Street by these same Sabbatean saboteurs who've been controlling the flow of wealth. And that has been orchestrated, yes, through the Bavarian Illuminati. And that is a Luciferian uh, a diabolical enterprise keyed directly into the, into the emissaries of Yaldabaoth and all of this devilish stuff that happens off-world and that we, one way or the other, permission into the field of expression. Not the point. The point I'm trying to make here is that the good kings of old, the good priestly lines of old, the Cathars, the Templars, who were all murdered, massacred after the Council of Nicaea, 328 AD, the mystical traditions of Judaism, mutilated, absolutely mutilated, where to this very day, the good Jewish people, the true Jewish faith, the people who've held true to the Torah, to the faith, they are still there, still alive. Their pulse is still going, but they have been defiled, overtaken, overrun by this Khazarian mafia, by these crypto Jews, crypto Christians, crypto Muslims. All around the world, we have either the real or the, the fictitious, and we need to now define the difference between the two. I can tell you now for nothing that the good old kingly lines need to be resurrected to some extent before we see full redemption. And, and, and the old kings need to be restored in their dignity. The false kings need to be taken off the thrones, meaning to say leadership. There are old lineages, paramount chiefs in Africa. We're dealing with multiple of them, kings and queens of these different kingdoms throughout Africa that were overthrown by the white man's poison, by this Khazarian um, uh, uh, interference. They were overthrown. Treaties were cut by the Jesuits in Southeast Asia, Central South America, all around the world. 200 years ago, 300 years ago, all under the papal bulls of discovery. The genocide of black skin, brown skin, yellow skin, and red skin people happened in all corners of the earth. Okay, and the, the, those people with their good priestly and kingly traditions, their true cultural and spiritual heritage was overthrown surreptitiously and in some cases genocided into extinction almost. And the point is this, there has to be a regenesis now, a resurrection of the cultural and spiritual integrity of those peoples of the world, especially the brown skin, black skin, red skin, and yellow skins, because they have been mostly defiled. And that is going to be happening. We're going to see a, see a cultural and spiritual regenesis. It's underway already. I know because we're directly involved in that, in multiple parts of the world. I will be speaking to that to some extent at the Dimensions uh, event, uh, just so you know. But it's vital that we understand it's not about them and us. I've been saying this for the last few years, that the capstone of the pyramid has often been completely um, uh, hogtied. And the body politic is hogtied. And you've got an evil technocracy, this Jesuitical echelon, that has kind of been implemented, imposed into the cultures, the faiths, the governments, the institutions that govern and control the world. And it is that very small 
compartmentalized echelon within the US Marines, within the CIA, within the Mossad, within the MI5, within the British government, within the Tanzanian government, within the Jewish faith, the, 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 the Taoist faith, the Buddhist faith, in every prime institution, aggregated institution in the world, you have the same echelon. And it is maintaining a disconnect between the true leadership and the, the body politic. And that I'm certain in my own mind, we're about to see a regenesis in the next few short years of a restoration of the true cultural and spiritual heritage of many of these peoples of the world, 90% of the world. But it will happen necessarily. It will mean that the old kings get restored, the old priestly lines and shaman and the old viziers and oracles and the old leaders, the enlightened leaders, are allowed to restore back to help to disentangle the fiction of the globalist agenda that's happened in the last couple of hundred years. So don't be too quick in saying that all kings and queens and chiefs and, and, and paramount leaders should be excised and exiled and had off with their heads. That is a reductive and stupid and very dangerous position for us to take. We need to restore the good, enlightened leaders who themselves have been disenfranchised, disempowered, hogtied, cut off from their own peoples in Africa, in Central South America, Southeast Asia, North America, all around the world. And those good, enlightened leaders who do carry in their gene expression, in their blood, they carry the dignity of their people. And they must be restored and they must then work out their own equilibrium as a social uh, contract moving forward. But this, 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 this complete dialectic that we're trapped in of them and us, you know, all kings and queens and all, no, it's dangerous. There is, there is something else at work. There's an alchemy there which needs to be considered and it really requires heart intelligence. I do not want all the old chiefs, the paramount chiefs of Africa to be dethroned. I think they are vital vital to navigate the way forward uh, for their peoples out of the quagmire of globalism and a, a plasticized reality that's been artificially imposed on all of the peoples of the world. The cultural leaders, the true spiritual and cultural leaders, which means to say the true kings and queens uh, are, 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 that have been suppressed and sidelined and, and hogtied, they need to be restored uh, to their positions in Africa and elsewhere around the world. I know this, we're having the conversations with so many of the First Nation peoples of the world, from the Maori in New Zealand uh, to, the, to the people in West Africa and North Africa and the sheikdoms that exist also throughout the Middle East. You know, factor this, many of the sheikhs that now own all the oil and gas concessions, own all the wealth in the Middle East and are building these uh, absurd um, uh, cities in the desert. These are not the true sheikhs. Many of these are the false lineages that were simply did dirty deals with the British. And the good sheikhs were deposed, cast aside, and the evil ones who were prepared to engage the contract came forward and were put on the thrones by the British and by the colonials you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. And so the true sheikhs are sitting squalid in the desert in, in, in dusty goat hair tents with their camels, the real uh, leaders who maintained a cultural and spiritual integrity and the false sheikhs and false kings were imposed. I can speak to a number of them in the Middle East and I even know them personally. And they know it amongst themselves and their families that the true kings are not the ones on the throne that they are near or distant relatives of the true kings who were overthrown by the British and the French and the Belgian and the Dutch and the Portuguese and so on. So it's not, it's not as reductive and simple as armchair pundits like to think. It is a complex story. And to navigate forward, we need to be very careful that we don't disrupt and throw out enlightened leadership, the true cultural and spiritual heritage leaders and hereditary leaders with the artificial kings and queens and sheikhs that have been imposed. Holy smokes, man. Well, you said an incredible amount again, and you, again, your research and your life, you, you, you know so much of this and I'm able to follow. And I just want to give one quick example for people that might be like, Oh, this is a little bit big, but if you just look again for, 
for something that I'm a little bit more familiar with because of one of my teachers, but the Native Americans and when the Catholics came over, um, you know, they infiltrated even their councils now and now it's Catholic and they had a lineage of 20,000 years. And so that, that got that organization that had an agenda has now influenced that. That's happened in Africa. That's, I had Bio Akamalafe on and he's a PhD from Africa and he was talking about, well, the, I forget which country, but Africa is pretty big. But, you know, he's talking about his childhood and, and what they were doing to systematically get rid of his language, his culture, his history. And this yeah. is happening planet wide. This is a human rights injustice. And this is kind of what you're speaking out on a, on a big picture. And it's happening all over. And it's like, oh, my goodness. It's cultural Marxism. It's genociding people by first extinctifying their culture and their spiritual heritage. And then you start to uh, take the able-bodied and put them into wage slavery. And you poison the ones that are not able-bodied or not desirable. And this is gene selection. This is social engineering at its most pernicious and evil. And yes, it's being conducted from behind the Babylonian veil. You bet. Yeah, it, exactly. And so if somebody, what I, what I want to ask you is like, you've done a lot of research. If somebody is like just getting into this and their mind is getting blown right now, do you have any kind of resources that you could share where they could start to figure this out? Because people now need to navigate between information, disinformation. And then there's also people out there that are like, you know, they're creating out of media. They just want to be in the media so that they're, they're not as credible. So you're just like, okay, well, it takes a while, I think, to sift through and find credible people and, and connect some dots. I think proper research is going gonna, is gonna to take a moment. You're just not going to know right away. But I'm just curious if you had um, some suggested resources. Sure. That, yeah, I, I can tell you, number one, I'm not a researcher in, 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 the, in the strict sense. I don't read books. I don't research. Um, I'm very much involved. Yesterday, I had a, a day before yesterday, I had this place filled with African uh, diplomats. Um, the day before, Russian scientists. The day before, I am having conversations with Humanitad and the International Tribunal. We are constantly meeting people, endless, endless, endless delegations. Anyone who knows how I function and live when I'm in Southeast Asia at our base in Bali knows that thousands of people are coming through the the portals every week there. We are meeting people, we are talking to people. So it's conversations, it's direct action, direct relationships, direct communications. I'm not reading stuff and then passing on the law of first report or the law of second report. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, good researchers, good armchair researchers are essential, vital to disclosure, but I'm not one of them. What I do is have conversations and thousands of conversations. I speak to a lot of leadership, political leadership, religious leadership, you name it. Anyone who knows what I do knows that, and it's all easily accessible. My Facebook thread is the most, is the biggest gift to the covert operatives in the CIA you can imagine. I publish everything on a daily basis. Here I am with such and such a king, such and such a raja, such and such a diplomat. This is what we're talking about. In your face, because I am playing the Babylonian logic against the Babylonian mindset, which is full disclosure, public notice, walk in a straight line and cull the enemy with pure truth and right action. That is the Christ flame. That is the thing that is going to see us through, see the camel through the eye of the proverbial needle. It is, it is pure truth and right action. And that's what I'm pursuing. That's all I have to offer any friends of yours watching this. Stand in truth and, and, and conduct right action in this world. And your gut your instinct in the center of your gut knows exactly what is right action, what is pure truth, and what is not. Even if you're a, even if you're a dark-hearted son of a bitch languishing in a prison cell for multiple murders, you still have a conscience, one way or the other, that knows right action from wrong action, pure truth from deception. So trust that simple cross, that simple crucifix. It's the one we carry with us. It is right action and pure truth. It's what we conduct on the lateral plane and what we stand in the flame of. There's your Christos. There's your Christ consciousness right there. So I would say we've got the toolkits. We've got the temple within. Simply stay true to that simple metric and do not bulk. Do not blink because you will carry the protections you need to manifest and embody what you are divinely ordained to do in this world. But I would say this. If you're going to research, yes, Take your hat off to Mr. David Icke and do so with a major salutation to that man. 
take your hat off to Mr. Dean Henderson in the United States and take your hat off and salute him. Take your hat off to G. Edward Griffin and to the extraordinary work that that man has done. I could name right now 50 or 60 other serious researchers, people who've pioneered and disclosed uh, so much of the stuff that is now becoming uh, the, the common knowledge. But I am not one of those researchers. Um, but I do say embodying truth, right action, and standing in the flame of your own sovereignty within your own jurisdiction is the highest authority, carries all the protections you'll ever need. Amazing. Well, Sasha, man, I, I could talk to you for 40 hours. I, I want to honor your time because I know that you're incredibly busy. So I really appreciate this. What I want to ask for sure is what can, what do you think humanity can do or change as an individual or a collective to, for the fastest path to peace? Imagine peace on the planet. And one of the, you know, there's something off. If you, maybe you don't think that the story is the way it is. If you look at the world and we're supposed to be an intelligent species, we shouldn't be so divided, segregated, uh, starving to death. Why are we not cooperating? We're taught that when we're kids, to cooperate, to share, to be kind. We all have that within us. Why is Team USA not with Team China, Team North Korea, everybody getting together for the betterment of the entire civilization? If that is not happening, there must be something at play that is preventing that because it doesn't make any sense. So well, let me ask the question. Let me ask the question of the, of, the, of the anguished soul that is asking that question. My question to that anguished soul is, do you pay taxes? And let me tell you, invariably the answer is, well, yes, I do, but I have to. And if I don't, and we come up with a thousand reasons why we should make an exception in my case, because I don't want them knocking on my door, right? Bullshit. If you're paying taxes, if you're paying tribute to Caesar, if you're paying the coin to Caesar, you are giving permission to Caesar and Caesar centurions to kick your door down, drag you out, shoot you in the head, or taser you in the face. It's as simple as that. It is the coin we pay. And please bear in mind that the coin we pay is a 3D temporal object called money. Okay, now it's become digitized. That was a clever little move. But it is called, it is money, it is a token, and it is a token that represents my time, my motion, and my life force. We go to work. We are slaves. We get coin in return for that time and motion and life force. And then we are, that, have that stolen off us by Caesar. Think about it. Do you want to finance war, disease, and poverty? No, then stop financing war, disease, and poverty. It is a proven fact. It's a fact that even the IRS own up to that not one dime from your personal income tax goes towards the street lamps or the roads or the schools. Not one dime. And moreover, if you really care about the anguished question, you need to go into the real study of who you are as a fiction, as a straw man, and how your birth bond is monetized, how your signature is securitized. Every single time you sign a goddamn piece of paper or fill out a goddamn form with a block black capital letters, you are the one securitizing your own signature, allowing them to fleece you, to penalize you, and to indenture you further and further into the fiction until eventually they trip you up and throw you into prison because you couldn't keep up with the rule book, right? And once you're in prison, your birth bond is flipped into a prison bond. And what happens then? You're making three to $5,000 a day for the state, okay? That's what's discharged against your birth bond for every day you're in a prison cell. So yes, the corporation, the fiction of reality has overtaken the living, the organic, the sentient. And we are the ones permissioning it. How? Through coin to Caesar. Get that, own it. Step up, step out. There's your, there's your alphabet, there's your recipe, and there's your roadmap. But people still don't want to do it, Matthew. They don't want to do it because it's still putting themselves on the line. And having to place themselves on that line means you go into the, you become vulnerable. You are now not protected by the falsity of the system. You're now pitting yourself against the fiction. And you know what happens when you step out of the, the box, when you step onto that line? What happens is your true empowerment comes and everything changes. The fractal dynamics of the hologram change and actually good shit starts to happen. And somehow you can navigate your way to your pure sovereign expression. 
provided you're doing it in truth and right action. Again, that's all you need. Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no ill. That is what that speaks to. The valley of death is the road to salvation, but it is not one that is coming from Ezekiel in a goddamn chariot. It's not coming from the skies. It's not coming from out there. It's coming from the Christ flame within. That is my hardest message to get it through to people who are still subsumed into a reality of idolatry, idolizing the faith external to self, which is the, the antithesis of the, of the message of the master, Jesus, the antithesis of the message of uh, Gautama Buddha, and the antithesis of the message, curiously enough, of uh, Prophet Muhammad. May he rest in peace. And so you have it there. The mystical traditions of all the faiths contain the roadmap, but they've all been subverted. Go back if you want to hold on to a faith and to a prescribed faith. Go back to your faith, but go back to the mystical roots and traditions and cut off from the horror of Babylon, Babylon the idolatry that we've all been sucked into in these religious uh, constructs. This is absolutely vital. Holy smokes, man. Another whirlwind of information. And I'm sure people are going to be very curious if they haven't started researching some of the stuff on their own. Um, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate everything that you're doing for the world, how hard you work. Um, the meetings I know firsthand of, of just witnessing what you've done. And, and I speak about it often, the impact the International Tribunal for Natural Justice is actually having. And one of the things for me when I was younger, looking at all of this, I was trying to find anybody looking for a solution to this. If this is actually happening, which I was like, it looks like there's enough information that this is happening. This is absolutely awful. I just want to lie down and do nothing because this is too terrible. Where are the people standing up to do something? So uh, I just applaud you for, for doing that and taking action. That's having results to start to move things to a world that makes more sense when you start to peel back the layers. So is there anything else that you want to share or anything you wish that I had asked you? Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not that clever. I don't think ahead that far. No, I'm, I'm all good, Matthew. It's just lovely to see your beautiful smiling face. Oh, well, thank you so much. Well, if people want to check you out, you're going to be at Dimensions of Disclosure. I think, when is that? September, August? There's going to be a lot of people um, there. I, I know it's in about three weeks' time because I'm, I'm booked to go to the States then. So it must be, it must be uh, toward the end of August. Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to see you live, check that out. But, man, thank you for, for everything that you're doing. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Matthew. God bless you, brother. All right, take care. See you guys. All right, guys, that wraps up that amazing episode with Sasha Stone. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you want to support, please take a screenshot, share on Instagram or on Facebook. Tag me at Matt Belair. Let me know where you're listening. Um, that helps tremendously. Also, reviews on iTunes and Patreon as well is all super, super helpful. But the best thing you can do right now is just do one kind act. Even get a person's name, uh, hold the door open. Just do any kind act in the community or space that you are in today. Um, I'm just going to kind of keep this short, but I also want to thank my sponsor, Ned Full Spectrum CBD. You can check them out at helloned.com and you can use the checkout code CBD power to get a 15% discount. Um, we have a lot of amazing episodes of the show coming up. Uh, it's been a whirlwind with just travel, going to Nova Scotia, uh, some of the projects that are coming in, some of the projects my friends are working on, some of these amazing guests reaching out. So uh, I'm in a little bit of overwhelm learning how to adapt with a newborn baby and uh, handle the workload and also these incredible projects coming in. But uh, I appreciate all you guys for listening, for your support, for your help. If anybody wants to volunteer and you have skills in marketing, graphic design, video, any of those things um, even if you have basic computer skills there's a lot of really cool projects that I am involved in and a lot of things um, that can be done but there's definitely help that is needed so if you feel the call and you want to support just hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com and uh, would love to have a little bit of help in some of these really cool projects that are coming down the pipe so thank you very much for listening I am grateful and I appreciate you let's come to a state of, of peace and coherence before we close the show so wherever you are in the world to stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, 
empowerment, inspiration, energy, connection, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.